The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mabete on SAFM. Are SMMEs finding relief from the banks? Black business organization or organizations are up in arms over the criteria used by banks to approve loans for the multi-billion rand COVID-19 scheme meant to assist distressed businesses. The scheme has gotten off to a rather slow start with just a mere 7 billion of the 100 billion set aside having been dispersed so far. 93 billion in the kitty, probably accumulating interest. We're now in conversation with the Treasurer General of the Black Business Council, BBC, Mr. Bonolo Ramukhele. And he is of the view that the scheme is not assisting black owned businesses currently, as the vast majority of their members who have applied to the various banks have not been successful in accessing funding under the scheme. He further states that the scheme seems to have been designed for the elites and businesses that were entrenched clients of the commercial banks prior to the lockdown. In conversation now, the lead story on Business on Wednesday with the TG of BBC, Mr. Bonolo Nochelem. Good evening. Thanks for your time. Uh, evening, Gosiam, and evening to the FFM listeners at home. Excellent. Well, first things first, you heard what the minister had to say today. Is there anything about that speech in terms of the reallocation and prioritization of South African funds that perhaps might mitigate some of the concerns that you have expressed through the voice of mine earlier on in reading this intro? Um, look, uh, today's budget, we did not expect much due to the fact that um, government has got its own uh, challenges, um, whereby we are looking at them budgeting for a budget deficit of almost a trillion rand, sitting at 760 billion rand. So today's budget, in our view, was merely to deal with the issues of health, and dealing with the issues of uh, the most affected, uh, i.e. Uh, the, the poor, basically, uh, to allocate some of these money to some of the, the initiatives such as the Social uh, Distress Relief Grant, for example. Mm. So today's budget, we did not expect it uh, to shoot the lights out uh, in terms of uh, prioritization of, uh, of business. Uh, it seems as if uh, there's still a lot of um, uh, 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 there's still a lot of uh, eyes that are looking at this particular relief fund providing uh, some of the relief uh, for for businesses to be able to kickstart uh, the economy. Uh, frankly, the government does not have money. Um, we did not expect the budget to shoot the lights out, and uh, we don't think it did. Fair enough. Okay, let's move on from that conversation then because it's not going to help us to speak at length about (laughs) something which is really not advancing anything. Currently, right now, you have a situation whereby your members and many who are of similar description to your members, black business in this country, seriously distressed because they haven't been able to trade for for, for close to half, if not over half, of this year so far. Many of them have since gone into liquidation. Many have lost their jobs. Many are at sea. They don't know what their next move will be simply because nobody could have contemplated the circumstances and nobody could have planned if they couldn't have contemplated the circumstances for these circumstances. What is currently the conversation, and we'll get to the retail banks about which we will go at length, but right now, what is the conversation between yourselves and your members, and in particular among your members in terms of just trying to stay afloat? Um, what is happening now is um, businesses just simply literally trying to stay afloat. 
Um, we are seeing retrenchments that are starting to come to the fore, and uh, we are seeing uh, businesses significantly curtail their operations. And uh, it's basically downsizing and right-sizing uh, businesses so that uh, they, they just survive and make it through this uh, this pandemic so that uh, they can be able to pick up the pieces of what is left on the other side in order to be able to fight uh, yet another day. That is why we've been pushing so aggressively to, to, to get uh, our members to participate meaningfully uh, in this scheme and get National Treasury and the Reserve Bank to take us into confidence so that we are part of uh, the, the, the designing of the framework of, uh, of this scheme um, so that it does indeed benefit uh, the businesses that need it uh, the most. Uh, because, like I said, as it stands right now, we are literally uh, staring down uh, the barrel of a bloodbath uh, when it comes to our members. Uh, you must understand that um, some of our members, as you know, they are very exposed to industries such as construction, industries such as the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And um, as, as I speak to you, one of the members that we've just uh, accepted, which is the, 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 the salons and the hair industry uh, body, um, they, they are not trading, they have not been trading at all, and the hospitality is a bit worse, but they are not going to be trading anytime soon. So we, we, we are definitely staring down the, the, the barrel of something that we have not seen before. I hope that's going to be somewhat modified because I was walking past Sorbe in Brooklyn earlier today and I saw that their stores were open and I've seen a couple of ladies on their status updates saying that they are so happy they can go and do their nails. So in a sense, the market somewhat is opening up in relation to the beauty industry, but of course it doesn't take away in the main what you have said so far. The National Treasury, the Banking Association of South Africa, as well as the South African Reserve Bank, have confirmed that just $7 billion has been approved in loans what, 5,000 qualifying small businesses, that clearly is not enough. Why, at least on the face of it, doesn't seem to be taking this long to approve the many businesses with the much-needed financial injection? I'm asking this because my next question will be, what role in these circumstances then will be for the Reserve Bank in the context of quantitative easing? Look, um, I think it's... um it, it's a bit of a complex issue in that um, we think the biggest problem that we have here is that um, the scheme seems to have been designed in a rush, and um, it was it, modifications are being made as as the vehicle goes. Um, and we've had engagements with the National Treasury uh, to discuss these particular issues to say that bring business into the room so that we can tell you as business how we want this to be designed so that it can be able to work for all of us. Um, now, you've got a scheme that um, the Treasury is giving the guarantees. Um, the Reserve Bank is uh, providing the liquidity to the banks. But one of the biggest problems is that the banks are still utilizing the same old uh, credit uh, application uh, processes and if they don't use those particular processes, National Treasury can actually come and audit and penalize them uh, for not following those uh, particular uh, processes uh, and say that you are reckless in how you were uh, giving out these particular loans. And as such, uh, you have opened up National Treasury for, for, for risk. 
So the way that it is designed, it doesn't work well, uh, and we don't think it will actually um, result in businesses taking it up uh, in, in, in mass. Um, and also the, the, the other big, 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 big problem um, is that uh, the current uh, banking practices, the way that they are set up, they are not set up for speed. So you find that the business is applying for this particular loan and they're only going to get approvals, let's say, after a month or two. And by that time, that business has already retrenched people or it's been liquidated or it's found other means to be able uh, to get through the particular storm. And uh, you end up with the take-up being so low. And if you look at the the budget that was, I mean, the, 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 the package that was announced by the president, this scheme actually makes up the single largest component of that uh, announcement. So government is banking on this to work, but the way that it is being set up is actually going to lead in a spectacular failure. And uh, the economic growth uh, uh, that is going that was expected to be uh, produced by this particular scheme is not going to come to the fore. And when it comes to issues such as uh, quantitative uh, easing, the BBC has been very clear. Uh, to say that uh, the Reserve Bank needs to come to the party and um, and buy bonds in the primary market um, to be able to give liquidity to government, to finance the government budget deficit, so that there's a bit more physical money that can be utilized um, to, to pump it into the economy, to the real economy, as opposed to using this particular scheme only and, um, and 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 the debt instruments from the IMF, uh, the New Development Bank, and so forth. But it seems as if uh, there is a lot of reluctance from the Reserve Bank uh, to do that, even though we are in very dire and uh, different times, whereby we need to apply different economic uh, models as opposed to the same old uh, thinking that uh, has been applied before. We are talking to Mr. Bonolo Ramochela, the Treasurer General of the Black Business Council. We are asking the question, are SMMEs finding relief from the banks? He's already given us his thoughts, and we would be very interested in your thoughts, those who are in the coalface of the experience of having to shut down businesses, of having to re-engage with your stakeholders, your suppliers, your employees in particular, in a completely different manner. Have you even had to shut down shops simply because you couldn't sustain the effects of level lockdown five, level lockdown four, level lockdown three, level lockdown advanced three, whatever that might mean to whoever. Please do give us a call on 0891-104-207. WhatsApp voice notes 0614-104-107. I hate to say it, but I have to repeat the rules. Less than a minute, no dogs barking, no echo. Straight to the point. The name of the guest is Mr. Bonolo Ramochele. Black Business Council's Treasurer General. But no, let me continue. You've just mentioned the need for the Reserve Bank, certainly in the perspective of the BBC, to go full throttle on the quantitative easing, specifically buying into the primary market. What do you mean by the primary market? Who is the primary market? Which sectors of the economy are we talking about? And why, in your estimations, knowing the need is there, or there's a credible case to be made for the need, nonetheless, why is there resistance to go that route from Lesetio Khanyak? Look, um, to, to put it simply, um, National Treasury will float bonds, whereby it floats a piece of paper, uh, to make it simple, and say that we are seeking to raise X amount of money, let's say a billion rands, in the primary market. And then in that primary market, you've got bond dealers, 
And that is made up of the commercial banks, uh, even international banks, such as Citibank, HSBC, and so forth. And then they subscribe to that particular capital raise um, uh, from the state. And then they take the very same paper, and then they float it again on another market, which is a secondary market. And that is where the Reserve Bank participates, and there's a buying or selling of this particular uh, this particular bonds. It provides liquidity. It gives money to government, effectively. But now, what happened is that during COVID, the primary market dried up. Mm. And if you noticed uh, that um, your R186 uh, government bond yield, yes. which is the rate, uh, which is pretty much a risk-free rate, uh, which is the rate that government is going to give somebody for subscribing to their bond, their long-term bond, they shot through the roof, meaning that there was little activity from the commercial banks in buying government paper. So we were simply saying that since there is a shortage of liquidity in the primary market, why doesn't the Reserve Bank go from the secondary and buy these bonds directly in the primary market so that it can finance government's uh, budget deficit? And we're even saying that government must float at least 20 billion rands a week of paper that the Reserve Bank must subscribe to and the Reserve Bank Act allows uh, the Reserve Bank uh, to do that. This was simply to be done on a temporary basis so that there is liquidity that is going into government coffers of 20 billion rand each and every week so that it can go into programs such as health, social development, and also uplifting of businesses and cushion them against this particular uh, uh, pandemic. But there is an issue and a risk that they might that might cause inflation. But we're saying in the near term, inflation is not a risk because petrol prices are depressed because no one is driving there at home. Oil prices are depressed because there's no global demand. And also, we do not have um, the risk of, uh, of imports coming in in mass, uh, mm, purely mm. because, again, global demand is pretty much come to a standstill. So we needed the Reserve Bank to come and play its role, and unfortunately it's failing dismally. We're in conversation with Mr. Bonoro Ramokhele, Treasurer General of the Black Business Council. The time now is 26 minutes past. We have all of 19 minutes at best left of this conversation. We will not be taking calls in 10 minutes from now because that's normally the tendency when just about we are wrapping, then suddenly we are flooded with phone calls. Please do give us a call. Banks leave many businesses Black businesses in particular out in the cold. That's the statement has been noted by the Black Business Council. Now we have their Treasurer General in conversation with us. So let's talk about the reality that in terms of government communication, where then, assuming everything else were correct, where would you want them to focus their communication? Because it wasn't so long ago when we had a conversation with business partners in relation to the fund that had been set aside by Johan Rupert. I learned in that conversation this wasn't actually a grant more than it would be a loan for those making those applications. Do you care to clarify in relation to the scheme of $100 billion being made available, how much of it is a loan or what is the structure of the repayment or how much of it, if any, will be a grant? Um, you see, again, uh, I like what you've just said, that communication seems to be a bit of a problem sometimes uh, when it comes to, to, to the state. And we don't blame them because... They were dealing with a lot of moving parts uh, on the health front, the economy, and so forth. So some of these issues, uh, honestly, they were baked. 
and they were served literally on the way. Um, you know, they were not really prepared 100%. So this scheme is actually not even physical money going into businesses. All it means is this. Government is going to put their balance sheet at the disposal of the republic and say that we've got 100 billion rands worth of a guarantee. To simplify it for the listeners at home, almost to say that government is giving you 100 billion rands worth of collateral. And they're saying, based off of this, go to a bank and go and lend and borrow money against this particular collateral. Government is going to take the risk. Uh, but what is happening, as I said, is that even with this um, uh, form of collateral in place, mm. banks uh, are not lending. Um, and also, there is almost uh, some, some of our members have been asked to, to, to sign sureties and so forth. And that defeats the purpose because government is the one that is taking the risk. Um, that government is the one who's taking this uh, 94 billion rand. Uh, uh, worth of a risk because the first 6% of the losses mm-hmm. are borne by the banks and the 94 billion rands worth is borne by the state. And um, the other issue is that, uh, which I think might be a problem for the banks, is that government does not have money currently. So the banks are effectively uh, sitting in a corner and saying that should these people of these businesses that are borrowing this money default, does government actually have the money um, to, to, to pay. Is that not uh, a prudent banks. position then, surely? I mean, from a lender's perspective, you're going to be giving money to somebody in a distressed market who right now cannot promise you anything more other than a golden, I mean, a, a gentleman's agreement or a woman's agreement as a case maybe to say, I will do my best. Yet the markets tell you everything about the fact that in a normal environment, you probably wouldn't be lending this person. Further, the person who stands surety, let's call it the government in this case, because that's the explanation that you've offered, is equally no better position to guarantee, so to speak, that that money returns. Why then would, put another cap on, why would a bank lend? Why should, which is more, a bank lend? Um, that's why we, we think that um, there needs to be the Black Business Council in the room to deal with some of these particular issues. We think that um, the government needs to set aside physical money. Um, of the 100 billion, for example, if they set aside, let's say, 25 billion rands in physical money, almost as a reserve fund, to say that this is money that is available should there be defaults on the side of the banks that can be able to be utilized by the banks in order to cover their losses. At least that we know that it can then uh, incentivize the banks to start lending um, even more. Um, Because unfortunately, the banks have to come to the party as well. Um, Because if there was no government guarantee in place, they would still have to do business in this uh, distressed and uncertain market. But the government has come to the party, we think it has come to the party with this scheme and this guarantee, and the banks need to play their part because we cannot monocoddle the banks to an extent that uh, now they're basically operating in a risk-free environment. We, as business people, we always have to take some level of risk in order to be able to get um, a, a return. All right. I'm going to ask you a follow-up question in relation to that. But let's go to Durban. Good evening, Anonymous. Thanks for calling. Good evening to you. You're most welcome. And good evening to your guest as well. I just want to give you a small input. Someone in the parliament stated uh, sometimes uh, recently 
that uh, government should open their uh, their own bank. We should have our own bank. The government should have their own bank instead of we having all these banks that charge very high and exorbitant amounts. So if you have our own bank, then you can give the people loans, interest-free loans, and make sure they pay back. Or, or, or maybe uh, a profit margin, making a profit margin basis, you know, a small amount, a profit margin basis, and pay back Fantastic. the loans. Thank you so much. Very good question. Your thoughts on that, Bonolo? Um, it, it's actually long overdue that there must be a state-owned bank. Um, we welcome the fact that the Deputy Minister of Finance, uh, Dr. David Masono, has been working very hard and diligently on that particular aspect of making the state bank a reality. Uh, we've had meetings uh, with him uh, as, as the BDC to find out how far is this particular process, what shape and what posture is this bank uh, going to take uh, so that uh, our members can benefit. And we want to make sure that at the forefront it must benefit black people and black businesses and those who have previously been marginalized when they are dealing um, with the commercial banks. And over and above that, the BDC is of the firm belief that this country needs a lot more banks. Because if you look at a country, for example, as long as like uh, Namibia, yes. it has a population of 1.9 million people, and yet it probably has the same amount of commercial banks as we do in South Africa, and we've got almost like 60, 65 million people. So Gauteng on its own is a country. So Gauteng should not have no less than 30 to 40 banks so that there's more competition and there's more offerings so that um, we don't have the situation that we have now whereby it is easy for a few banks to be able to determine what happens to the financial services of this country, who gets to access financial services, and on what terms. And I dare say that even this particular scheme, had we had more banks participating in this, would not have the situation whereby we have to beg and plead a select uh, few individuals to be able to lend to this country when this country is on its knees, especially black-owned businesses. And in fact, when we met National Treasury, one of the things that uh, we're happy that it was in the budget speech today was announced by Minister Mboweni. The BBC was of the view that it is not correct to exclude non-bank SME funders. There are plenty of companies that have got um, national credit regulator licenses that are able to lend Mm, mm, to mm. black-owned businesses, and they were excluded from this scheme. So the BBC fought that fight. It won that fight. And we're happy that Minister Mboweni announced it in today's budget that uh, they are going to be included. And that is why the BBC has been pushing to be part of this monitoring and evaluation, a steering committee with the Reserve Bank, National Treasury, uh, as well as the commercial banks, so that we can expedite some of these issues so that they just don't end at being a particular at the talk shop level. All right, I'm going to follow up on that, but there is a voice note that has come through from our listeners. Good evening, Songezo. I just wanted to ask Mr. Ramakharede, I know I'll be deviating a little bit, I just want him maybe to explain to me if he is aware of the discoveries by a gentleman called Emerald Fanzale concerning the vehicle finance and the stuff, what are this bank doing to the black people who are buying cars using their uh, bank to finance uh, those vehicles? Um, if he is aware, I'd like to know what is their position concerning those things that the banks are doing to black people. Thank you very much. 
Thank you very much to that. Oh, thank you so much for the listener. Thank you so much to the listener for that voice note. Let's go to Robert in Mbombela, our caller. Good evening, Robert. Thanks for calling. Hi, sir. How are you? Well, how do you do? No, I'm good, man. Excellent. How are you, Treasury? I'm good. Yes, I think uh, we have got a problem with this particular scheme, especially with the banks. It seems that the banks are selling their own uh, credit uh, products. I don't know whether it's because of maybe they think uh, they will benefit less in terms of the interest and in terms of the leave of payment when they're using the 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 the, 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 the government to give. I applied there, but I was declined. Uh, for the small business, I applied and it was declined. But when uh, I, I request for the reason, uh, they were not forthcoming to me. So my thinking was to say that the banks are selling their own product instead of the, the scheme because of the benefits that they receive if, if they continue the normal line of, of credit. Uh, that's my view. Thank you. Very good question, thank Robert. You. you want to respond to that, Bonolo, please? As um, well as the question you. of uh, Emerald Fonsell. He's just some gentleman who's running a massive public recruitment campaign. At least I've seen him on Twitter in terms of tackling on the lending institution in terms of their lending patterns, in particular how it disproportionately affects your black lenders. I mean, your black borrowers, sorry. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, our first encounter with uh, Mr. Fonsell was uh, almost two years ago. Uh, when a similar uh, issue was raised with uh, one of the commercial banks uh, that was discriminating against uh, black consumers. We took this uh, issue up uh, with the CEO of the National Credit Regulator, and um, what we then uh, agreed with them was that we would then refer these particular cases and then uh, sit on them to ensure that uh, they do deal with them decisively. So it does then take uh, the route of them being investigated uh, formally uh, so that should there be issues, uh, then uh, we, we, th- th- there can be action that is taken. Uh, but one thing that I must raise and hasten to add, Sonia, is that uh, in our engagement with the MCR, what we have found is that uh, when it comes to the regulation of the banks, mm-hmm. it is very weak in this country. Um, in fact, uh, you get to see that... Uh, the banks effectively are the regulators uh, when it comes to these uh, these issues because the NCR does not have capacity to deal with so many uh, cases. The, the banks almost are, are, are self-regulating. No, banks throw will. lawyers at the problem. You come to the bank with any change regulation, yes. they'll throw ENS right in there and then you can forget about it. Let's go to the caller's concern. Let's go to the caller's concern. Yeah, look, um, I, I, I have uh, to agree with, uh, with, with, with the gentleman that um, it's not necessarily that the banks are selling their own products. The banks do not have any systems in place to be able to deal with applications, uh, to deal with the scheme. They've got processes to deal with their traditional businesses and uh, traditional business and uh, when, how they actually advance uh, credit and loans. So when you come with this particular scheme, there are people within the banks that don't even know how to deal with it. So there is no process at all. And one of the things that uh, we wanted to push to the National Treasury, we will be seeing uh, them in the in the coming week, um, is that uh, there must be a set criteria, there must be a set of principles that need to be followed, and they must be given on a plug-and-play basis to each and every bank to say that if you follow these particular steps, 
you can be able to advance the credit. National Treasury is not going to penalize you and say that you were reckless in advancing that credit. And as such, it won't cover any uh, default that happened with that particular law. So we think that uh, there is a lot of work that needs to be done to deal with the mechanics of this particular scheme, even include in, inside the banks and also working with National Treasury. And hence, we are of the view that the BBC has got to be central mm. in how the scheme is actually rolled out. Otherwise, you are going to have a situation whereby they are going to do something and then you say, no, it's not working. Our members say this is not working. And then it has to be reworked again. Sure. So you have to have the people who need this the most who are on the ground to be able to be part of the designing process of this particular scheme. Final question, Mr. Ngobile Bengu says, venture capital firms are more instrumental in propping start-up companies rather than banks. And I suppose I'm going to tie that up in saying that I would also have a concern with a state-owned bank, given the fact that President Ramaphosa has established a council to regulate and sort of bring to life your state-owned entities. Talk about venture capital firms then. Look, um, you got 30 seconds, by the way. in South Africa is, is, is a pipe dream. Um, and if you just look at South Africa, has got a very peculiar uh, 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 scenario. Twenty in, seconds, in, brother. It's debt follow debt leads, and then equity follows. So in South Africa, the only way that you can be able to have venture capital really pushing, you must have equity leading, and the only way you can do that currently, given the fact that we don't have much savings, Two seconds. we need to have the pension funds coming into the party. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for being so thorough. We appreciate your time. Bonolo Ramokele.